Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome back to the Statman Dave Football Podcast. This is episode 49. Today we've got two podcasts coming out, one before the Champions League draw and the Europa League draw and one afterwards. Just because there's so many things that we need to talk about. Obviously, yesterday uh, we had the Europa League, we had Wednesday's night's Champions League games. We've got to touch on everything there. But first up, let's talk the news. So some sad news coming out of um, England today. Ugo Ekiog has passed away. Um, a young man still, I think he was only 43 years old. A fantastic uh, defender for both England and Middlesbrough. And sad news, you know, been doing some good work at the, for the Tottenham under 23. So condolences go out to everyone um, associated with Ugo Ekiog, his family and so forth and friends. In other news, the Dortmund bus bomber apparently was a financial terrorist, which is quite interesting. So he blew up the bus or planted the explosives near the bus so that the Dortmund share price would drop. So what he did before, he purchased something called put options. If you, uh, you know, basic financial knowledge I have of that world, uh, a put option is bought. Um, so basically, let's say we're selling 10 apples for, for £10 and, and next week we think the apples are going to drop in price to £9. Um, we can get financial gain by buying the apples next week for that £9. And that's what this bus, uh, this Dortmund bus bomber was doing, was buying uh, shares in, the, in Dortmund because he thought they were going to fall given he was going to commit a terrorist attack and maybe kill somebody. Um, interesting theory behind that a Russian German um, man did that so it was nothing to do with um, you know any other religion or or background it was a guy that wanted to make some money which is so weird the world is in such a terrible corrupt way place at the moment and that is just another example of where it's going wrong you know people like that need help um, you know it's just incorrect. But anyway, moving on from that, it's reported that AS Roma have agreed a deal with PSG coach Unai Emery to replace Spalletti at the end of the season with rumours that Spalletti is going to Juve, but I can't see that given the great job Allegra is doing this season. Other Italian news, Napoli are interested in signing in um, Chesney from Arsenal to replace Pepe Reina. Obviously, Pepe Reina coming towards the uh, you know the latter stages of his career and Chesney's been fantastic for Roma. Really grabbed that sort of chance of first-team football and then looked like a top, looking like a top, top keeper. Another transfer, news Arda Saran is set to join Arsenal for £25 million. Could be a quite an interesting option for Arsenal, but obviously given the situation, it's all about getting Wenger and moving on from there. Anyway, the PFA Player of the Year uh, and the Team of the Year, should I say, uh, was... 
spoke about and decided on Wednesday, but unfortunately, because of my lack of uh, getting a podcast out yesterday, that's why we've got two today. We've got two bangers today. I haven't been able to spoke about that. So PFA, uh, team of the year, set up in a 4-4-2. I like how um, the FA is, um, you know, they're, they're looking at Europe to see the trendy formations, even though the 3-4-3 is dominant in the Premier League this season. Okay, so we've got David De Gea in goal, Walker, Cahill, Louise, Rose, that's the back four, then Azard, Ali, Conte, Mane, and then the front two of Kane and Lukaku. I decided to do my alternative team, obviously sticking with a formation that is actually played in the Premier League by the top two sides. That's the 3-4-3 three, three, or the 3-4-2-1. So in goal, I've gone with Lloris over David De Gea. I think Lloris has had a better season than De Gea. De Gea now, um, it seems like this is just because of his the work that he's done in previous seasons. For me, Lloris has been better than him this calendar year, or this year, should I say, in the Premier League. My back three, of course, is going to be the Chelsea back three. Uh, Aspilicueta, Luis and Cahill. I was surprised Aspilicueta didn't get anywhere near it. Wouldn't get into this team because he's for me he's been Chelsea's best defender um, the best player at bringing the ball out of the back for that back three the best uh, winner of the ball in terms of tackles one more tackles than the centre back very very surprised Aspilicueta didn't get in the nod there but Louise and Cahill completely and you know believe in um, a back in their inclusion both have been fantastic this season Louise's control and leadership in the middle and Gary Cahill's just raw aggression and also leadership you know he's been taking the captain's armband so you've got sort of two leaders in there Louise and Cahill in the back three so it is wonderful into my midfield four of course Carl Walker on the as a right wing back been brilliant there for Tottenham um, five assists in the Premier League this season that's the most of any defender uh, on the other side of course it's going to be Alonso so crucial to Chelsea's system when Alonso isn't in this side Chelsea don't look anywhere near as good so so good at getting up and down. Danger from range with his free kicks. Very, very good at arriving late in the penalty area. A goal-scoring wing-back. Into central midfield, I'm going to go with Kante and Ander Herrera. For me, the two best central midfielders in the Premier League. I had a bit of a laugh on my Twitter account yesterday with some stats. Um, people got pretty mad. Uh, so one of them was about Paul Pogba. Uh, how he, in terms of uh, him against other Premier League central midfielders, his stats are very, very good. Um, he's come up, created more chances than any other player, completed more dribbles, won more duels, that's um, dribbles, aerial duels and tackles, and he's completed the most passes. There's an interesting one, Paul Pogba again, we'll talk about his performance against Anderlecht, that I thought was very, very good, minus a goal, probably could should have scored a hat-trick, but apart from that was very, very good, we'll talk about that a little bit later on, but for this season, anyone that's watched Manchester United a lot knows the talent of Paul Pogba, knows his influence on these games, when Paul Pogba plays well, Manchester United play well, he's already having that influence at 23, or 24, sorry, at central midfield, so for me, he's been fantastic this season, but not not Kante Herrera levels, who are my number two. I did a little comparison of Herrera versus Kante on my Twitter account as well. Go and check it out at Statman Dave on Twitter. Drop a little follow. Um, so in terms of uh, assists, and Herrera comes on top with five assists. Tackles one. Kante's winning that every single day of the week with 72 tackles one. Passes per game, Herrera wins it. And interceptions, Herrera wins it. But both of them have been brilliant. Both of them have been fantastic in their different roles. Herrera is is so, so good at doing anything. He's the most complete midfielder in the Premier League for me this season. He does everything. Creates, tackles, intercepts, um, and dictates the play. Kante is a specialist player, a fantastic specialist player. So good at getting up and down, so good at nicking the ball high, low, the tackles, the, the ground that he covers. It's all fantastic, and he's so crucial to this Chelsea system. I'm not saying that one's better than the other. I think they're very different central midfielders, and I think that's the appreciation we have to have for these two players. Herrera is an interceptor. Um, a creator and a, and a passer Kante is just a 
pure ball winner in terms of his tackle. I'd say Kante was better last season for Leicester than he has been this season for Chelsea. More pivotal in that team, but he's still been good. He's still been the top two central midfielders in the Premier League for me. Um, and then moving on to the front three, great podcast. Of course, it's going to be Romelu Lukaku up top, the only player to be directly involved in 30 Premier League goals this season. He's becoming, uh, you know, he's, he's becoming on his way to becoming that elite forward we've always seen him, um, that potential he's always had, you know, 24 goals and six assists in the Premier League this season. His goal scoring has been fantastic. Supported by, obviously, Deli Ali, 16 goals and five assists from attacking midfield. So good at finishing, so good at those sort of late runs into the penalty area. And of course, Eden Hazard to be the creative force, uh, carrying Chelsea on the counter-attack, three goals on the break scored by Eden Hazard this season. But anyway, that's my team. Get your teams into me, tweet me at SatmanDave, drop your teams in and I'll give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And if you disagree with any of my suggestions as well, uh, just to go back to front, back to front again, we've got Loris Aspilicueta. Uh, Louise Cahill the four midfielders we've got Walker Herrera Kante Alonso Ali Azard and Lukaku you know potentially someone like um, Valencia could be in there but I think Walker's just a little bit better than Valencia this season Valencia's been fantastic for United but if you're looking at right backs and contribution to the team that's second in the Premier League I think Walker's a little bit ahead of Valencia but Valencia has been very very good anyway Let's move on to the actual football. First up, of course, we've got to talk about the most important competition in European football right now, and that is the Europa League. Manchester United versus Anderlecht. Mourinho's 10th quarterfinal in European football. And what did he do? He went on and won that, and has joined the great Sir Alex Ferguson on 10 wins in the quarterfinals to get through to the semis. Mourinho set Manchester United up in a 4-2-3-1. was an interesting uh, system, and a system that's worked very well at home for United in the Europa League. You think of the games against Feyenoord, the games against Fenerbahce. United started with a lot of gusto, a lot of drive from um, the band of three attacking midfielders that pressurised the opponents. The problem with this game is United didn't start with that same aggression and vigour, and they kind of let Anderlecht play themselves into the game, the likes of... um, Hanny in central midfield, Tilsman and then Doncourt had a little bit too much time and it, it was a bit frustrating for United. They didn't set the tempo and it's something that they've struggled to do at times this season under um, Mourinho. They did it very well under LVG. You know, think of the big games that United played. They usually went on to win those big games. LVG had the best record of any manager in the top six sides when he was at the club. So it is an interesting one. The tempo was all wrong. Um but United obviously got through um, the late goal from Marcus Rashford, a quality goal. And that's the guy we've got to talk about first. Marcus Rashford back in form. We'll talk about Mbappe a little bit later on, who is also one of the best 18-year-olds in world football or you know under 20-year-olds in world football right now. But Marcus Rashford is starting to get up to those levels of last season, being crucial for United, carrying United in an attacking sense, 19 years old, and he's the main man. It was interesting. The first half, Marcus Rashford was very good, very, very direct, constantly taking his man on, looking to beat him with his pace, with his uh, strength. Um, and he had the composure the, the, and the ability to run him behind. The ball from Paul Pogba for the first goal that split the centre-back and the, the full-back was fantastic. What a pass from Paul Pogba. Uh, Marcus Rashford going through, looking for the cross, uh, getting cleared back to Rashford. And he has the composure just to see his pal Enric Mkhitaryan in space, in the penalty area, pulls it back, Mkhit with a low shot. Mkhitaryan's been very, very good in the Europa League this season. Um, in the last few games where well, he scored five goals in his last six so he's looking he's looking good and it was a great um, little little touch and, and shot but with Mkhitaryan it's an interesting one he does drift in and out of games like the first few the first five minutes he was absolutely on it like playing through balls up you know, through to Valencia, through to Lingard, then he drifted out, then he scored the goal, then he drifted out again. But whenever he's on the ball, he looks so fluid and, and so um, comfortable at dribbling. It's just weird that he can't consistently be there. But I suppose it's kind of like your modern day playmaker. They're not going to consistently 
impact a game or they'd be playing for the likes of Real Madrid and Barcelona and, and uh, Bayern Munich and those sorts of teams. But it was an interesting game from Mickey. You had a he had a very very good game. I thought his dribbling was excellent. Um, his his chance creation was good. But it was just that little you know just to be in the game a little bit more, get the ball to him. But again, it's it's maybe to do with United being so slow in central midfield sometimes with Carrick and Pogba that argue you know when United were sat with the two centre-backs and then the two DMs in front it was so slow and you need to be getting it to Mickey a little bit faster you need to be getting it to Rashford it's something I tweeted at half time you've got to keep getting the ball to Rashford he looks like he's got the beating of his man it's simple football for me is a simple game you move the pivot of you're a playmaker to where you're causing the opponent the most damage if it's deep in midfield and you're playing those balls over the top um, or you're, you're getting your fullbacks in from deep in midfield keep getting it to deep in midfield if it's going to your attacking mid like Mkhitaryan had a very very good game when the ball's at his feet keep going to Mkhitaryan or if it's your winger who's absolutely having a worldie like Marcus Rashford keep going out wide it's simple move the pip move the pivot of where your um you know where your playmaker's doing the best action even if it's a striker false nine keep hitting him just keep getting him the ball it's a weird one how football is simple but so complicated you know, we talk about all these um, complex systems and possession de fuego and moving your opponents around using ball circulation. Just get get into your playmakers. Simple as that. United did it so well under Ferguson. Paul Scholes, central midfield, give it Nani. Paul Scholes, central midfield, give it Ronaldo. Uh, give it to Ryan Giggs. Give it to David Beckham. Give it to Carlos Tevez. Give it to Wayne Rooney. You know, it's one of these things where kind of goes back to Jurgen Klopp's uh, Borussia Dortmund. We're going on a massive tangent here. I do like it. Um, with, when he always used to say, we have... We don't just have one playmaker on the pitch with a team that had Nuri Sahin in. We have multiple. We have the press. We have Nuri Sahin. We have Mario Goetze. We have Lewandowski. We have all these players. And it is quite interesting that it is just about moving your playmaker around the pitch to one, you know, cause your opponent problem. But it's, you know, it's an interesting one. Really is an interesting one. And I will take that to my uh, team. But anyway, Mkhitaryan's game by numbers was fantastic. One goal, two blocks, three shots, four tackles, five chances created, six interceptions. The Armenian midfielder but it's an interesting one I love when players stats have one, two, three, four, five, six, and that's exactly what Mickey had against Anderlecht but it was about getting him the ball a little bit more and of course Marcus Rashford the man of the moment so many opportunities he created for himself the, he put some fantastic balls into the box with proper whip on it you know properly coming onto his right foot and whipping it what was frustrating when Marcus Rashford went through a little there's a little bit of a bad sticky patch of form his crossing didn't have any whip on it. It was just too floated, too too straight, too easy to defend. But the stuff that he was putting yesterday was really, really good. His link-up play with Luke Shaw was good. Luke Shaw was better in the second half, frustrating in the first half. A few awful passes back um, to the central midfielders. Again, um, needs to be a little bit more confident. But he was good in that second half, was getting forward, was was underlapping Marcus Rashford, you know, making that run inside, which was very impressive for the youngster. And he just needs to keep doing that. He needs to get his confidence back because when he's confident, he gets into the penalty area he, you know the ball he put across that Jess Lingard should have put away was fa- was a fantastic bit of interplay between Marcus Rashford and Luke Shaw two young players that are doing that were basically doing it all for United a great ball in the inside the the fullback and the centre back from Marcus Rashford and of course Luke Shaw across the box needs to be turned away from Jess turned into the back of that by Jess Lingard United in a comfortable position but it was a great performance from Luke Shaw but going back obviously we've got to talk about Marcus Rashford's goal what a goal Obviously, Daley Blind made a massive mistake for the goal that uh, Andalek scored, playing the two players on side, but he made up with that pass. You know, Daley Blind starts that move. Daley Blind drives into central midfield from centre back, plays the ball. You know, when United were, were really poorly circulating that ball in central midfield, Paul Pogba was playing his poor long passes when I don't know why he's not hitting the hitting the feet of the striker, why he's not hitting 
uh, you know, playing through to the wingers, why he keeps looking for those long balls. It's, is it him? Is it Mourinho? I don't know. That needs to be sorted out because it's, it's kind of something Paul Pogba needs to eradicate from his game. Um, or play it at an angle like Daily Blind did. You know, playing at that little angle from, you know, sort of a little bit of the left centre back slot up to Marouane Fellaini. Brilliant knockdown. Marcus Rashford did the rest. What a turn. What a Cruyff. Then Don Costa still doesn't know which way to look and it's a goal. Marcus Rashford, what a absolute phenom. You know, direct, massively back in form, been directly involved in four goals in his last four games that's three goals and an assist um, and absolute a breath of fresh air completed more take-ons than any other player on the pitch in fact seven dribbles seven out of his 12 dribbles he completed that was two more than the entire Anderlecht team managed combined his game by numbers excellent one goal one assist three chances created six shots and seven dribbles completed what a talent and again so so happy that he's he's, he's confident again you know he's, he's one of the most deadly players when he's confident Maybe there's a few things we could work on with Rashford, you know, his crossing, slowing himself down in those wide areas, taking those little steps before he whips the ball in when he's behind the opponent. Um, you know, the finishing I've spoke about from that left-hand side, instead of opening himself up, smashing it, drilling it in the near post, drilling it high, you know, giving that little bit of variation, a bit of bulking out. Then we got, you know, one of the best number nines in world football or a winger. You know, why not? He's, he's good at playing out wide. He's very, very good at playing out wide, played out wide there. Maybe in a 4-4-2, like a yard in 4-4-2, doing the Mbappe role, we'd see the best of Marcus Rashford. But anyway, Man United through to the semi-finals, a massive result for United that was, as a United fan last night, was so stressful. Why did it have to be so stressful? You know, United should have dealt with these guys, you know, they should have dealt with them. But there were some great performances. Yuri Tilsman, again, fantastic. Such composure. Reminds me a lot of his composure in that final third of Paul Scholes which is a massive compliment. I love how he waits and waits and waits and then plays the right pass to the attacker that's usually going to be clean through on goal. There's so many counter-attacks, so many great balls. There's a ball over the top that I think he played just at the start of the second half that I think it got uh, to Dorchek clean through on goal. Um, but I think... Um, Valencia recovered it was what a ball like first time over the top and Tilsman is such a talent you know United should look at him United should really look and evaluate whether they want to play a 4-3-3 next season Herrera holding Tilsman next to Paul Pogba that could be very 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 tasty obviously he hit the bar with a shot that was turned in um, by his teammate but it was a brilliant game from uh, Tilsman and, and playing with with two of the you know Michael Carrick one of the best central midfielders we've seen in recent years and of course Paul Pogba one of the up, up and coming and, and didn't look out of place at all uh, two dribbles three shots five tackles five chances created and 73 passes an incredible display from the 19 year old United get your checkbook out and sign Yuri Tilsman it has to happen He's just got that potential. And I love that he's filled himself out. He's playing higher up the pitch. All the criticisms I had when I first saw him um, for Anderlecht against Arsenal, he's eradicated. And he looks so good in that final third. And of course, the thing that I said on the full-time Devils preview, don't let this lad shoot from outside the area. What did United do? They let him shot, he hit the bar, they scored the goal from it. Simple as that, United. Be a little bit more aware. Michael Carrick's positioning for the goal was a little bit suspect, a little bit too deep on his defenders. Needs to be stepping out, needs to be that midfield blocker. But of course, Michael Carrick is now getting on to the end of his career. Um, isn't as mobile as he used to be but a fantastic performance from Anderlecht and credit to their, their fans and credit to Baxtom98 on Twitter for sending me some photos sending me some insight on Dendon Koru he um, you know picked him out as this is the guy Tilsman's going to get the praise but then Doncor is the guy that's knitting it all together destruction wise in defence and midfield but also good at getting into penalty areas scored against United had a few good moves going forward again uh, at Old Trafford so yeah very impressive from the Anderlecht players and I hope that they can continue and hold these players and, and progress their club. Obviously, Tilsman will be going in the summer to a club, I imagine, um, where it is, who it is. We don't know yet, but Man United would be a cracking option. For Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Oh, Yori Tilsman. So in the other ties, there were some interesting ties. Besiktas and Leon going to the penalty shootout and Leon taking the spoils a cracking game um, 2-1 up uh, Leon were in the first leg and Besiktas scored that same um, scoreline in the second leg with Taliska grabbing two goals Anderson Taliska is a player that I really like I really really like him he's, he's such a technical attacking midfielder wonderful left foot I was actually chatting to um a Turkish fellow. I do some work on Turkish TV, TRT World, uh, during the week. I basically give you know give them some football analysis and whatever, and it's it's great fun. And I had a, one of the fellows pick me up um, from my house to drive me to the studio, and uh, we were talking Turkish football, and he was telling me how Besiktas are going to dominate Turkish football for the next few years, given Galatasaray's got a cap on their spending because of the irregulations. Same with Fenerbahce. So he was sort of saying, yeah, Besiktas are going to take this, um, you know, take the Turkish league for a number of seasons, and also they're going to do well in Europe, and that's exactly what they did. And, and Taliska is the sort of crown at the moment. They signed him on loan from Benfica, apparently fell out, massively fell out with the Benfica uh, hierarchy and so forth, and looks like Besiktas want to sign him and he's a talent would, would be very good for any side in the Premier League at attacking midfield a good option Mourinho has, has been linked to him before he had a great first half of his first season at Benfica where he was sort of going down the line of Julio Baptista scoring where Julio Baptista when he went to Sevilla was just bagging goals from, for, for fun from defensive midfield uh, Tanisco obviously playing a little bit more advanced but he's got a wonderful left foot scored a wonderful free kick last week technically very very a very very good player and could be an asset to any Premier League side and again Credit to uh, Besiktas for putting a bit of fight back for the Turkish football. I uh, love a bit of Turkish football, so much passion. If you want to check out any Turkish football this weekend, it is Galatasaray versus Fenerbahce on Saturday at around five o'clock. That's English time, so five o'clock British summer time, uh, whichever, whatever that relates to your country or wherever you're from. Uh, make sure you potentially check that out. But, you know, Besiktas giving Turkish football a good light. But, Leon, you know, they are one of the favourites with Manchester United to win, to lift the title, um, with Golalons in midfield being as destructive best, obviously grabbing an assist for the Lacazette goal. They've just got a great team. Lacazette and man in form as well. So, so good in front of goal. So clinical. Um, the player that 
that I've been raving about for year after year would be perfect to Liverpool. But again, Leon going through. And the other results, Celta Vigo did enough against Ghent. Sisto scored a goal for, away for Celta Vigo. They won the tie on aggregate, uh, four goals to three following their win in the first leg. Obviously, United beat Anderlecht and Schalke losing to Amsterdam Ajax. It was an incredible game um, in the first leg. was two goals to nil to Ajax. Schalke winning 2-0 in normal time. Goretzka and Bergstoller, who is the uh, German Jamie Vardy on the score sheet. But then into added time, uh, into extra time, sorry, Cagliari scored for Schalke, giving them the advantage and two goals for Ajax. The last goal on the 120 minutes to send them through to their first semi-final since 96-97. Don't worry about a thing. They were singing the Bob Marley song after the game. And, you know, I love the, the philosophy of Ajax and they are playing the right football now. And they've built a team of young, talented players and it's, it's, it's cracking. It's good that they are back to this pinnacle. Um, you know, the likes of Justin Clivert, um, David Classy, pretty much the old guy in central midfield. They've been having an absolute wonderful Europa League season and it's nice to see them in the draw for the knockout stage. So the draw um, will be made at 12 o'clock. There will be a podcast. It will be a reaction to that draw with all your questions a little bit later on today. So we have in the draw, Leon, Celta Vigo, Manchester United, and of course, Schalke. Anyway, moving on to the Champions League action, let's talk about Monaco versus Dortmund. A game that was an interesting one. Thomas Tuchel making a tactical change after being 2-0 down after about 27 minutes, bringing on Dembele. was a bit of a weird one with Dortmund. They, they started playing this 3-4-2-1 again that worked so well against Monaco when they're in the ascendance. But he went with the two wing-backs. He went with Guerrero on the left and Derm on the right. For me, he had to go with Pulisic. Pulisic was so good in that position when Dortmund started to dominate the game at home. And it was a weird one from Thomas Tufel. I think he's made a massive mistake there. Instead of playing the, um, the young American who is so good at going forward, so good at taking people on, is a threat and would cause Mendy problems. They, he went the other way and went with Durham instead and it, I just think it was a big mistake. And then taking off Nori Sahin, going to a 4 one sort of old school Dortmund. Yeah, it worked a bit, but they had to score goals. I told you that Monaco would have scored three goals. That's what they do. They always score three goals. Dortmund had to score four. And with this three... Um, two five in attack that they do play that was the best option for me and I feel like Thomas Tufel kind of shot himself in the foot had Guerrero on the left hand side which is correct but didn't have Pulisic on the other side so it was a again a mistake from Thomas Tufel in my personal opinion uh, Mendy having a great game from left back and in an attacking sense but defensively a little bit awkward you know something that he needs to work on if he wants to move on to someone like Manchester United uh, if Luke Shaw doesn't make it but again it was all about Mbappe Scored the joint most goals in the knockout stages of the Champions League with Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, an incredible player. And I'm just more impressed by him. Every time I watch him, I'm like, wow, he can do that as well. Um, the hold-up play was fantastic, I thought, against um, Dortmund. Very, very strong. Um, receiving the ball to feet with a defender at his back, taking it. And then maybe, you know, what there was one time where he took a little bit of a bad touch, but he has the pace to swivel, nick the ball back. And it was just an incredible, incredible display from Mbappe. Um, his goal was fantastic. But also his, his maturity. Again, like Marcus Rashford's maturity, his decision-making for the first United goal, little slip back for Henrik Mkhitaryan. Similar to that from Mbappe in the second half, took Socrates on one-on-one, did him for pace, beat his man, got behind him. Instead of driving to the penalty area, going into the tunnel vision, got his head up, waited for the fullback on the other side, uh, Torre, to get forward, played a fantastic ball across the pitch to him, um, then moved into the penalty area, header at goal. It's just that, that sort of sums Mbappe up. It's that maturity that's so uh, beyond his 
his age, but also his uh, his technique, his skills, drifting into the channels to to create to to trouble the opposition. Just a fantastic player, so so good. I can't you know I can't praise him enough. Him, Marcus Rashford, the two best players at the moment. I would put Mbappe slightly ahead of Rashford, but Rashford now at the moment, given that he's carrying United. Back in form, Marcus Rashford. But Mbappe, what a absolute talent. In terms of Falcao as well, great to see him back in the goals. A, a cracking header. Another classic uh, goal that Monaco have scored a lot this season. Crosses from wide areas into the box and Falcao to score with his head. He's just been he's just been so... He's been fresh again and it's, it's nice to see a Falcao scoring because before he joined Manchester United... Was the best, one of the best number nines in world football. Hit a really bad spell um, with United, and then it's finally back in form, which is is nice. And you know, you think of this season, he scored a goal every eighty-seven minutes in all competitions, or been directly involved to so score or assisted a goal every seventy-four minutes for Monaco. And he's just showing that he's back in form after a spell at uh, in England where he only scored seven goals in two seasons. It's nice to see the the real the real Falcao who's back in red hot form. You know, in the in UEFA competitions, he scored forty five goals in just fifty games, which is incredible. And in Europe's top five leagues, has the third best minutes per goal ratio behind Messi and Cavani uh, for players that have scored over ten goals. So he's just been he's fantastic, a breath of fresh air. And for this Monaco team, getting on to the end of Lamar's crosses pff, again, Lamar, a fantastic talent. You know, we talk about Bernardo Silva's trick. His trickery, his guile, his skills. On the other side, you've got Lamar's pace and ability to be a bit of a winger and cross the ball into the penalty area. A great, great performance from Lamar, who's registered more assists than any other player in the knockout stages of the Champions League this season. But a heads up to, to Glick and Jemison as well, who uh, played very, very well once again. I love Jemison. I think he's a fantastic defender. And Glick from the European Championships knew he was a fantastic defender and he's showing that in Monaco. Great aggression. Great a combination between the two players the glick the more aggressive getting through your defensive actions Jemison being that more cover player using his pace to help out the you know the likes of when Mendy's pushed forward and drift to that side and of course he did it without Fabinho who's been their best central midfielder this season Bakayoko um, playing a little bit more reserved a little bit more defensive I liked Bakayoko's performance there it showed a great maturity and a diversity in his positioning you know he has played box to box this season but could play a holding role wherever he plays next season, hopefully at Monaco, because it's, it's just a lovely fairy tale, a lovely fairy tale. And again, now there's, uh, you know, three potential teams that are in the semi-finals of the Champions League that play a 4-4-2. Uh, Monaco and, of course, uh, Atletico, who play the strict 4-4-2, and Juve, who play in a defensive sense with a 4-2-3-1 going forward. Real Madrid, come on, lads, catch on. 4-4-2 is in vogue. Uh, but anyway... And that's that for the uh, Dortmund-Monaco chat. So let's move on to the big one. Barcelona versus Juventus. Barca 3-0 down. They've done it before. 6-1 PSG. Messi is pumped. Neymar's pumped. Luis Suarez wants a fight. Obviously against his former adversary, Gialini. But it was all about a defensive masterclass from Juve. Lionel Messi, though, missing two massive opportunities in the penalty area. Uh, first a shot with his left foot that just squeezed past the post and then the second one where Buffon came out flapped across Messi volleyed wide it was an interesting game from Messi who just didn't quite reach the same standards as usual you know you expect him to score those two goals uh, then you know Barcelona are massively back in the game but credit to Juve defensively were fantastic in their 4-4-2 so good at dealing with Barcelona uh, you know almost dropping back to a 6 whenever Barcelona went down one side of the pitch um, the wide player uh, would drop in whether it was Quadrado or Mandzukic into a lot of wing back, or sort of wing back position 
It was just well so good at soaking up the pressure. The back two were fantastic. Chiellini, what a performance from centre half! But Pjanic in front of the back four, we you know we know what Pjanic can do with the ball at his feet. Technically a fantastic player, a playmaker. But what he did against Barca was he did the hard work. Made 15 tackles in the game, uh, winning six of them. But it was that work rate of getting through those tackles. Made five interceptions, won 100% of his aerial duels. Was just so, so solid in front of that back four. And I think you've got to give him credit. Along with Kadira, both defended their centre-backs very, very well. I loved how Allegri did his classic as well, switching, bringing Barzagli on with 10 minutes to go. Going to a, a 5-4-1, then bringing on um, a defensive uh, winger, you know, with uh, Asamoah on the left-hand side, Lamina on the right-hand side, and playing with Mandzukic up top as a target man who had a fantastic game, made six clearances in the game for a player that's a striker that's been playing wide. Brilliant from Mandzukic. But no, it was credit to how Allegri set this side up, how they counter-attacked as well. Quadrado was so good on the break, probably should have scored a hat-trick. He had a number of chances with Dybala linking with him um, and Higuain. Quadrado's got to take those opportunities. If he misses those opportunities against the likes of Juve off Latico or even this Monaco team, you know that would be a, a defeat for them, so it's a big one there. Anyway, they join you. Uh, they join an elite club of um, three teams that have stopped Barcelona scoring in both legs of a Champions League knockout t- side. Of course, the great Manchester United team of 2007-2008, Bayern Munich of 12-13, of course, this Juve team. But Buffon. What a lad. What a hero. What an absolute genius. Nine games in the Champions League this season. He's kept seven clean sheets and only conceded two goals. More, you know, that the older he gets, the better he gets. It's just, you know, I'd, I'd love Buffon to, to lift the Champions League. But I'd also love Mbappe to lift the Champions League. I'd love uh, Gabby to lift the Champions League. And of course, I would love a little bit of CR7 to lift the Champions League. Supported, obviously, by Marcelo, top, top lad. But all these teams that are left in the pot, I just, you know, I think they're fantastic. I think they're fantastic sides. This has been one of my favourite Champions Leagues ever. It's just getting better and better. Last season it was fantastic. This season it's fantastic. In terms of the draw that will be at 12 o'clock, there's going to be a podcast on that with your questions with the Europa League draw. So stay tuned for that. But anyway, that's been that for today. The ties I want to see before we end this. I'd like to see... I want Atletico to play Real in the final. I'd like to see Atletico versus Monaco and Juve versus Real. So that'll be good. But anyway, guys, thanks for listening. Statman Dave over and out. See you later. Goodbye. Goodbye.